thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. The Real Food Real is a fresh and educational podcast dedicated to your health. We get real on current research, debunk food myths, and educate you on how to just eat real food. Your host, Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist, is one of Australia's leading sports nutritionists, passionate about simplifying nutrition and addicted to coconut lattes, smoothies, and sweet potato. If you love the show, then please leave us a review on iTunes. Share the real food reel with your friends and continue to spread the real food love. Hi team and welcome to the Real Food Reel. Today on the show we have Shan Cooper from My Food Religion. Shan's message is about cooking nutritious, wholesome food that is preservative, additive and artificial everything free. She uses ingredients that are as close to the natural state as possible and inspires others to do the same through My Food Religion. Today on the show, we share with you Shan's real food journey. Hi, Shan, and welcome to the show. Hi. How are you, Steph? Well, thank you. Thanks for coming on board. Thanks for having me. I'd love to get started with you telling us a little bit about yourself and certainly your journey into real food. Um, I guess I've always been, uh, I suppose, what I would have called a healthy eater. Um, Probably up until about four or five years ago, though, it was, I suppose, what the uh, the government tells us is is the healthy food pyramid. So probably far too many servings of uh, healthy whole grains and low fat everything. Um, about five years ago, I'm not really sure what prompted it, but it was probably a mixture of a lot of different health concerns I was having and probably a lot of it um, other people would have too. So, you know, bloating, digestive issues. Um, I had what I thought was really bad um, hay fever, but it actually turned out to be a lot of food allergies. Um, I felt really sluggish all the time. I had really bad blood sugar regulation and I um, would often get what everyone I suppose calls hangry. Um, If I didn't eat probably every two hours, my head would just start spinning on my shoulders and I would pretty much turn into the poltergeist. Um, And it was because I was just so jacked up on carbs all the time. But because, you know, I was was eating a whole packet of Allen's Party Mix, but because it was fat-free, that was fine. Um, So I guess... I did eat a lot of really healthy food, a lot of low-fat yogurt, a lot of healthy whole grains, but it wasn't until I really started to, um, I suppose, put more fat back into my diet. And I'd been a vegetarian as well for about 15 years, so I ate a bit of fish and a little bit of chicken, but no red meat. Um, so I think all of these sort of health concerns, I think, is often what leads all of us to to doing um, these changes in our in our life and, and probably taking us on a bit of a health journey that we then become really passionate about sharing with other people. Yeah, our, sh- our story is quite similar. I think I pulled out everything that contained even a <laughs> gram of fat in my in my teenage years. So pretty yeah. scary stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And then and then you wonder why you've got brain fog and you can't think and your hormones are all over the shop. Yeah, it's pretty clear to us now. So, um, did you have Sorry, like immediate success or was it a bit of a a phase-by-phase with your approach to real food? It kind of um, was a bit of a phase-by-phase. I I really probably got introduced to more of a um, paleo sort of uh, template Um, and that really resonated with me, I guess, um, because just eating real pure unadulterated food just makes sense to me. Um, And, you know, I grew up with a mum who was a brilliant cook and always cooked everything from scratch. And even if we did have like some bickies or a piece of cake in our school lunchbox, it was always 
homemade. It was never store-bought. So I've always had a passion for cooking as well, and it just started probably with a bit more of a paleo sort of template, which really kind of helped me to realise that fat wasn't going to make me fat. Um, And it kind of, yeah, just sort of went from there. Yeah, very cool. I noticed on your website that you're – Pretty clear, though, that you don't use labels, that you certainly don't say that you eat paleo or gluten-free or anything free. But can you tell us more about why you made that decision? And Yeah, I, I guess um, so my food religion is about, is about my food religion and the thing that works for me. And I think it's really about pure un- unadulterated food, food for, that's good for the body and the soul and food that makes you feel good from the inside out. And I think there is no such thing as one diet that's going to suit everybody because if there was we wouldn't have a diabetes and obesity epidemic people wouldn't be sick people wouldn't be overweight if there was one perfect diet people would just do it wouldn't they and it's just not how it works so for me it's not about having a label and I think for me you know I don't think that having a bit of white rice or you know eating some quinoa is what's causing this diabetes and obesity epidemic it's it's really people need to get back to eating real wholesome food and call that whatever you want to call it jerking call it real food call it clean eating if if paleo is your thing I think that's totally fine but for me I don't like to give a label to it I think from probably a really young age I um I probably done every diet under the sun and probably had a lot of disordered eating throughout that period and giving things labels and making making myself have to follow a plan I find really restrictive and I just want to rebel against it um so for me there isn't a label to the way I eat it probably is a pretty paleo-ish sort of way of life but it depends how I feel that day that week that month because what works for me this week Maybe it won't work for me next week or next year. Yeah, so how do you go about experimenting with what works for you and sort of what have you learnt even in that four or five years of jerfing? I um, I basically, you know, I'm very much an all the way or nothing at all kind of person. So when I decide to do something, I just leap in head first and I'm going to do it today. Um, so for me, I try and make as many changes as possible and Sometimes it moves the needle and sometimes it doesn't. And I think initially I probably tried to go into more of a like full paleo sort of template. And yes, some things, you know, worked for me and I noticed some some good other things didn't work for me. I eventually ended up um, seeing a really great naturopath and I got um, my food allergies tested and um, heavy metal testing done. And basically when I got my food allergies tested, I came back allergic to pretty much life. Um, I had like, there was about 50 or 60 things that came back on this food intolerance test. And and I was like, that is ridiculous. And, you know, we kind of worked from there in that, you know, you're not allergic to to 50 things. You've got a leaky gut and that's really where you need to start healing. Um, I, I guess I probably have that type A personality too that is probably prone to a bit of um, excess stress, potentially a bit of adrenal fatigue um, and all that sort of stuff as well. So for me, it was a real big gut healing journey as well to to get to um, some foods, you know, that I had to cut out. And for me, a lot of the things that I had to cut out were things that I was eating all the time, like almonds, um, eggs, banana, um, you know, heaps of things that just were a really staple part of my, my day and 
obviously having a leaky gut, they were really affecting me. I thought I had really bad hay fever, um, but I actually didn't. I cut out all of the things that came back on my um, allergy test and I went through a really big gut healing um, protocol for probably about three or four months. I was really, really strict to not have any of those things that had come back on my um, allergy test and that was really hard, especially with eggs because I, I do, I think, rely on eggs quite a lot. Um, and so did lots of lots of bone broths, um, lots of extra gelatin, lots of probiotics, lots of um, just calming activity. Instead of I, I quit CrossFit and um, I got back a lot more into yoga, started doing a bit more meditation, and really just tried to calm and reduce as much stress in my life as I could. Um, and then eventually, after three months, I started to reintroduce some of the things that. Um, that had come back on my intolerance test and the majority of them I I was able to reintroduce. Yeah, I love that. There's lots of good points in there. So I sort of want to start just working our way through those. Yeah. Um, I'd love for you to go through the, I guess, the transition. So it sounds like you got to real food but then felt like you needed a bit more support. So how did you get to making the decision around working with a nutritionist? Um, I... I think I just exhausted trying all the things for myself and I think sometimes you just throw everything you've got at at a decision or at at a food choice and, you know, it moves the needle a little bit but not as much as you know it should. Um, And I guess I just wanted somebody who had more knowledge than I did and I love learning about food and nutrition and you know, I love listening to, to loads of different podcasts and reading lots of books and reading lots of blogs and getting all the information. But I think sometimes you just you just need somebody who does it every single day of their life um, and has seen, you know, heaps of different people with heaps of different um, issues to be able to kind of, instead of you flailing going, well, maybe I have heavy metal toxicity, maybe I have food allergies, maybe I have, you know, SIBO, maybe I have leaky gut, maybe I have instead of kind of just having to sort through it all yourself, I think it gets to a point where you just go, you know what, I just want to have some testing done and get get to the root of these problems instead of try. I don't have time to try every single thing. Yeah, and I think certainly getting some clarity from a professional is a great yeah, idea. Like absolutely. you make a good point there around the the testing side. Like I often see people who kind of just decide that they're going to cut out all these foods that they're allergic to and it ends up being that they cut out like everything and Mm. then they're in this scenario where they're eating such a restrictive diet that they develop intolerance to those foods that they eat too much. So it's this vicious cycle and I think to clarify in those situations, more often than not it is a leaky gut. So exploring that avenue rather than just going on a really restrictive approach is certainly the number one priority. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I think leaky gut probably affects more people than, than what, what we know and what, what people would think because I think we live in such a high-stress environment these days, um, not, not to mention, you know, the amount of antibiotics and alcohol and, you know, just all that sort of stuff that can really affect your gut lining and, and how well your gut's doing what it's supposed to do. So, you know, I think instead of everyone just going, oh, you know, I just... I just get really tired at three o'clock. Maybe it's worth looking at what you're eating and, and maybe looking at how well your gut's functioning um, to see if you're actually absorbing any of the nutrients from the food that you're putting in. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think testing is the best way to go. So sure. I do immune tolerance testing and what we always find is that there are, you know, usually more 
minimal intolerances and the food might only need to be removed for 30 days. So something like eggs, which we all love, you can kind of face cutting it out for a month rather than someone saying, okay, you can never eat it again or until 2016. (laughs) And then it's a graded system of maybe three months and then there'll be one or two usually I see in people that they have to eliminate for a year. But what they then have is a plan. They have the foods that they need to you know, um, significantly reduce or eliminate to start, but then heal the gut to reintroduce those foods with a much significant, if at all, an, an immune response. Absolutely. And there was a couple of things that came back on my um, on my test that I still find um, just don't agree with me. So um, like buckwheat and cranberries, um, I, I guess I very rarely eat cranberries. So it didn't um, occur to me <laughs> that that was still something that caused me issues until Christmas time we'd had um, somebody made cranberry sauce with turkey and I ate it and within about 10 minutes I just wanted to scratch my throat out, like really, really itchy throat, watery eyes. Mm. Um, so there's, you know, there's a couple of things that for me, they, they're just not going to be things that I, I regularly eat, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's a big part of how we need to combine testing or science with the individuality like it's pretty obvious like your body tells you loud and clear when you should not eat a certain food and so whether a test said yes or no is not the decision I think it needs to be certainly a combination of that plus your intuition 100% agree and I think um it's really funny I suppose when I first um started you know really experimenting with foods and what agree with me and I think the general population get it all the time, is people get so used to that feeling of being bloated or being constipated or all those sorts of things, and they think it's normal. And it's not until they cut out things that potentially are the culprits to them, which might be dairy or it might be gluten or, you know, whatever it might be. It's not until they cut those foods out that they realise that that's actually not normal and that's not it's not normal to feel really bloated or, or to, you know, have brain fog or, or to have, you know, um, constipation all the time. Yeah, that's a great point. I think certainly it's um, not spoken about until more recently with the real food revolution. So I think it's fantastic that now we're starting to have a look at systemic symptoms, not yeah. just the bloating, like you mentioned, but certainly things like the fatigue or if it's the, you know, you mentioned the sort of hay fever those sorts of symptoms, I think it's really important to take a whole picture approach because we know that your our gut is our second brain and yeah. the the effect of that disruption is 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 systemic. So paying yeah. attention to all potential symptoms is really important. Yeah, yeah. I think um I think it's just really hard for people because when you expose your body to these things day in, day out, it becomes your new normal and you just think that that's normal. You think it's normal to feel that way and that's really unfortunate. Yeah, and I wanted to talk about um, stress with you next. So that's actually quite a good segue because I think that the whole stress conversation comes down to that as well. People don't think they're stressed. They, that it is their new normal but they're their hormones are, are saying the complete opposite. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. so you, um, was that before your real food journey that you were more sort of stressed and you mentioned some adrenal problems? Uh, no, that sort of happened, that was probably about, I guess, two around two years ago now. Um, I... So I was probably, you know, pretty, pretty... I think I've had my diet pretty 
pretty on on track, but was still having a lot of um, hormonal issues. Um, I started doing CrossFit and got to the point where I could just barely pick myself up off the floor after a workout. And, you know, not just I've had a tough workout, I'm tired, but really, really feeling horrible um, and would wake up in the middle of the night and couldn't go back to sleep. So my cortisol was just all out of whack um, and then would wake up in the morning and think, I feel like I haven't slept, but, you know, I've been asleep for 10 hours. Um, and it just – so it was probably kind of in that sort of period. So my, my diet was really dialed in, but it was the stress that was, um, you know, of all different things. It was it was probably work stress. It was the stress of, you know, we decided that we wanted to, to have a family and it, and it wasn't happening for us. And um, that was really, really stressful. And, you know, put that in with um, exercise stress uh, and – you just, it was, it was a recipe for disaster really. Um, and, you know, I think adrenal fatigue was definitely something that was happening there. And again, I worked with a naturopath to help me, um, you know, calm my adrenals and, um, and support them as much as possible with lots of supplements and, um, some herbs and just, I really needed to calm the hell down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving this conversation. Cause I think the, um, there's certainly the stress and the impact on the adrenals and um, thyroid health is something that is becoming really prevalent. Um, yeah. m- my audience is largely an endurance base and we see that stress of endurance training playing a big role similar to what CrossFit would have done for you because obviously yeah. there's the individuality element. Yeah. Um, and so did you do some adrenal hormone profile testing and some, some baseline stuff? Yeah, so I, I did that with a naturopath, um, and then that's kind of when we went down the route of doing some um, some supplementation and um, herbs. And um, yeah, I really, for me, I think the thing that really moved the needle in that regard was really, I think, awareness of the situation and um, realizing that more isn't always better. Sometimes it's just more. And I, I guess I had come from a thought pattern of if I was going to train and be fit and strong, I had to do a lot of it. And um, I think getting to that point where I really felt like I could barely pick up myself, you know, off the floor made me realise that that wasn't serving me. Um, so for me, I had to work out what was the minimum effective dose that I could exercise gently um, but really get my health back to a place where I was able to, to fall pregnant and, um, and and just feel good again and sleep well through the night and not, not you know, feel like I wake up in the morning and feel like I hadn't been asleep at all. Yeah, so I love that you did the testing because that obviously gives you a good picture of what the what the profile is. We know that, you know, obviously the adrenal fatigue is a massive spectrum and so yeah. it has certain levels of treatment and, and obviously time to heal as well based on how, how deep you are in the cave. But yeah. um, it sounds like you implemented some fantastic lifestyle strategies to help there as well. Yeah. Um, and so tell us more around um, – let's dive into my food religion actually. So yeah. let's share with um, our listeners today um, – more about my food religion and what you see as your purpose through that uh, or mechanism. 
So that basically started, um, a girlfriend of mine has a, has a boxing gym in Brisbane and I just started sharing some recipes on her Facebook page. Um, I was teaching boxing classes there at the time and I've, I've always loved cooking healthy meals and, you know, everyone would be like, oh, you know, how did you cook that? What was in it? And so I started sharing recipes on the Facebook page and it got to the point where it was just too hard for people to trawl back through and find recipes and they're like, oh, what was the recipe for, you know, X, Y and Z again? Um, I can't find it on the Facebook page. And a few people had said to me, oh, you know, you should start a blog. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> but, you know, no one would no one would read my blog and people, like, they really w- just do it. So I started the blog and just started posting some recipes. And um, I guess for me, I love being in the kitchen. I find it really relaxing. It's, it's really fun. Um, and I guess... What goes along with a lot of my recipes is a bit of a, a spin on what's happened on my day or a bit of a, a random tangent about, you know, whatever I feel like talking at the time. So you get a bit of a story as well as a recipe. Um, they're all really real food-based recipes. Um, they're, they're generally all gluten-free. Um, most of them are dairy-free uh, because that's what works for me. And um, But people can, can totally you know, alter the recipes if they want to. But, yeah, for me it's just all about about the real food and, and trying to nourish yourself and the family, your family, the people around you. Um, I guess my family has always shown um, love through food and whenever we, we celebrate things, it's through food. If anyone's ever upset, we bring them food. Um, so for me, cooking and, and, um, and preparing food is how I show love um, to my family and all those people around me and my blog I guess is just an extension of, of that and my passion for, for for really wanting people to to nourish themselves and and those people around them yeah that's awesome and you have a ebook that you've just released and we won't be swearing but can you tell us about that <laughs> I have so I've just released a bit of an ebook since I had um since I had my baby Grace um who's almost six months old, I just haven't had the time to um, to spend in the kitchen like I, like I used to have that luxury. And it really made me understand how difficult it must be for people who are time-pressed and not just people with kids, you know, people who work long hours and, you know, men, women alike. Um, a lot of the time, the, the biggest excuse I hear from people about why they can't eat well is because they don't have time. Um, so this ebook was kind of born out of that if you don't have time. And it's called um, CBF Paleo. Uh, and it's really the ebook for people who um, really want to eat well but can't be effed. Um, <laughs> so it's all five ingredients or less. Um, and I've tried to pack in as much nutrition as possible in those five ingredients. So sometimes it's adding lots of fresh herbs because they're just a powerhouse of nutrition. Um, you know, it might be just sneaking some veggies into um, like, you know, your, your meat patties or um, meatballs and stuff like that as well. So it's a really great way, I think, people who have young kids who need to try and sneak veggies into them or often husbands you need to try and sneak veggies into. Um it's really trying trying to get as much nutritional bang for your buck as you can um, with not a lot of prep required um, and minimal amount of ingredients. So you're not going to find a list of, you know, 30 different ingredients that, you know, includes unicorn tears. You, it's all really basic stuff. People will be able to find it at their supermarket. You don't need to go to any specialty shops to get it. Um, yeah, so it's been going really, really well. Um, I think people have been really, really enjoying it. Yeah, awesome. I can't wait to check it out. Sounds like just my style. <laughs> Minimal ingredients all the way. 
Absolutely. And, you know, there's there's so many ways you can alter the recipes too. It just gives people a really great template to, you know, kind of go, all right, well, I don't have chicken mince, but I've got beef mince. And so, you know, I'll use that and I don't have sweet potato, but I've got carrots in the fridge, so I'll just use that. Yeah, that's a great idea. We get substitution questions all the time. I'm sure you do. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. All right, I just want to jump back a little bit then because you've obviously had your bub, which is super exciting. Do you want to share with us anything about that journey and how you got to the point where you were obviously in the most optimal health to then conceive? Yeah, I I guess it was a really um, it was really tough journey because I felt like um, my nutrition was really dialed in. I was super fit. I was super healthy and. I was probably a bit too lean, I guess, <laughs> at the time. Um, but I think for me, the main thing was stress. And I was so consumed by, you know, you spend such a long period of your life trying not to fall pregnant. And you think that when you do decide that you do want to, it's just going to happen like that. And it, it took us about two years. And that was really, really hard and really, really stressful, especially when you see all these people around you just doing it and not even trying and it's not even hard for them um and so yeah, it was a really really tough period of time for us and I guess what was even tougher is I felt like I I have it all sorted out like I my body is not being abused with anything here I'm really I'm healthy I'm fit I'm giving it so much nutrition but it was the stress and the stress for me was the thing that just was not letting my body get to a place where it was like, yeah, we're, we're happy to start growing a human. It was like, no way, the amount of stress that you – and a lot of it was the stress I was putting on myself about wanting to fall pregnant. and But, you know, a lot of it was I was probably overtraining. I was probably a bit too lean. I was – so many things added all up. Um, and it got to the point where I just got so um, – it just got too much for me and, and it was probably around that time of the adrenal fatigue and I just went, I can't do this anymore. It's This is not serving me. It's not serving my relationship. It's This is really, I'm not turning into a nice person and I'm getting so distressed about this whole situation. Um, so I pretty much threw away the thermometer and the charting and everything and just went, I'm out. I'm not playing anymore. I'm done. And you know what, if we're... If we're meant to have a baby, so be it. If we're not, that's fine. I, I'm I'm okay with that at this point in time. I just I can't do this anymore. And pretty much the following month after I decided I wasn't playing, um, I fell pregnant. So I think that for me just reiterates so much that it was it was the stress. And everyone says to you, "Well, you just need to stop stressing about it." Well, yeah, okay, that's really easy to do. It's so easy to say to people, you need to stop stressing. But for me, I needed to start the meditation and start the yoga and stop flogging my body with exercise and just I needed to calm down and, and reduce stress in however however I could. So um, I felt pregnant. I had an amazing pregnancy. I really, really loved being pregnant. Um, I felt really good throughout it. I continued to train throughout it. Um, I, I had a bit of morning sickness probably about the first – I suppose, 10 weeks, I felt hungover all the time, which was really annoying because I didn't even get to drink amazing champagne to feel that way. Um, But after that, I felt great. Um, I really, really, I just loved being pregnant. I had a really great um, birth and 
I was only in labour for four and a half hours, which is which is pretty awesome, I think, for a first for a first child. A lot of people um don't get to um, have something happen so quickly. Um, so it was really great. I loved it. Um, and and Grace is a super healthy um, baby, really chilled out, calm, sleeps really well, eats really well. So yeah, I think you know it's something right in there. Um, I'm not sure what it was, but yeah. Yeah, and she's a real beauty. She's, uh, she's yeah she's she's cool we like her we like her that's really cool I love your story so that's a, some great lessons in there for everyone to take home yeah so let's move through some of our questions that we ask all of our guests or most of our guests on the real food reel can you share with us what a day on your plate looks like yeah, absolutely. Um, so like I said before, um, dairy and gluten don't really agree with me. Um, that's not to say that I don't think I, I don't think probably gluten is the most nutritious food in the world, but I think dairy can probably serve a lot of people really well. But for me, um, my my day normally starts with some um, eggs, normally three or four eggs, um, sautéed with a bit of um, ghee or coconut oil with some baby spinach, half an avocado. Um, and if there's anything kind of left over from dinner, I'll often shove that into the pan as well. Um, lunch is normally dinner leftovers and um, dinner will often, at the moment, it's kind of, I'm into a lot of slow-cooked meats, so often I'll do like a big beef brisket or I'll do some slow-cooked chicken thighs and a big plate of veggies to go along with that. Loving roast veggies at the moment. Um, I've found that I really need to be conscious of um, getting enough carbohydrates in um, when I, while I'm breastfeeding. Um, having a, a pretty um, low-carb, high-fat diet worked for me for a really long time and it made me feel really good, gave me really stable energy. Um, but since having the baby and since breastfeeding, I really do need to be conscious to get enough um, carbohydrates in. So for me, um, that's lots of sweet potato, white potato, um, some some fruit, um, bit of quinoa, bit of white rice. Kind of, I'll make sure I've got some of that always cooked up in the fridge, so I can just add it to things. So, you know, if I don't have anything prepared in the fridge, it's crack a few eggs in a in a fry pan, add a bit of you know veggies and some quinoa or sweet potato or whatever, and just scramble it all up. Yeah, very nice, nice and simple, but maximum nutrient density. Absolutely. Beauty. All right. And what's next for my food religion? Obviously, world, world domination. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, at the moment, um, I'm kind of concentrating on the ebook. I have just started uh, my own range of nut butters called Buttered Up. Um, so they're nut um, and nut free butters. So I've got a few different um, flavors like chocolate cake batter, which is like a. Um, a clean version of Nutella, um, which is an almond base. And then there's a few that are nut-free. So I've got like a nut-free gingerbread one, which is like got lots of gingerbread spices made on sunflower seeds, um, like a toasted coconut butter. So there's um, that's kind of – that's something that's on the horizon for me at the moment is um, is getting these nut butters sorted and out there. Um, yeah, and I guess just just keeping keeping – making it, I suppose, as easy as possible for people to cook real food for themselves and their family and realising that it doesn't it doesn't have to be hard. Um, it's as hard as they want to make it. And I think making it accessible for, for people, I think, is, is probably the aim of the game. Yeah, awesome, Shan. So many gold nuggets in there. And we thank you for sharing all the information with us today. Before we wrap up, though, where can our listeners find you? 
Um, they can find my blog at um, myfoodreligion.com. Um, you can click through and get my ebook on there as well. Um, and my range of buttered up nut butters should be up on the Paleo Hero website soon. Um, so, yeah, so that's exciting. Very good. Can't wait to check it all out. Thanks, Steph. Thanks so much for being here, and I'm sure we'll speak again soon. Thank you. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.